Hello, this is Carol Tuttle. Somehow I got disconnected there and had to call in on my phone. We've got some new things happening here. Blog Talk Radio. Um, and I can see right now what happened, but I'll stick with my alternative plan here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here at the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author, author of the book, The Child Whisperer. And if you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, you are in the right place today. Thank you for joining me. The phone lines are open, and I would love to support you in your parenting goals. You can call 347-677-1963. Our topic today is how to help siblings get along without exhausting yourself. So I want to take a question that was emailed in to me. It was uh, from a mom, and she says, what do you do when your five-year-old daughter insists for years that she doesn't love her big brother? Well, she's only five, so she couldn't have been saying this for too long. She's only been talking for a few years. So let's put that in perspective right there. But uh, a period of time, let's just say, what do you do if your five-year-old daughter, over a period of time, that she doesn't love her big brother? I'm not sure of her type, but she has a strong personality. When she says she doesn't love him, I tell her that I know she loves him and that I know that they can get along because I've seen them play nicely together. She always, She's always so competitive with him and wants me to love only her. She tells me that she loves me right after she says she doesn't love her brother. My son and I are both type twos. What do I do? Um, She's obviously not your same type. She very well could be a three, a type three, or a type four. You've got some type three energy going on there that you've mentioned that she's competitive. I don't know for sure, Mom, if you have read The Child Whisperer. I highly recommend you read the entire book because you're operating with limited information here. You do know you and your son are type twos, but the fact that you know you've said, I don't know what type she is, you're um, not able to support her in the fullest way. So right away, she's aware that you don't have as much insight for her. My sense is she's a more difficult child for you, that your type 2 son is much easier for you. And on some level, she's picked up on the fact that she doesn't feel as loved and supported by you as she feels her brother is. And so she is competing with her brother to get her needs met because you're Um, presenting both in a silent and a verbal way that you're not as connected to her. So she has picked up on this and has to compete with her brother to get her needs met. And if he's a competition, then he's a threat. So she's going to say in her very um, young and uninformed way that she doesn't love him not knowing really what she means she she's trying to say something else she doesn't you're believing that's what she really means when she says i don't love him and the fact that you then correct her and say oh yes you do she's now wrong again she now can't even have her feelings and frustrations because you're correcting her and saying because uh, you say here, I tell her that I know she loves him and that I know that they can get along. So she's feeling powerless. She's feeling um, misun- She's not feeling heard. Even a five-year-old is going to feel this way. She's like, well, my mom doesn't get it. She tells me what's right and who I, what I should feel and what I should think. 
without getting to the real issue here. Because when a five-year-old makes a comment like, I don't love my brother, they don't really, a five-year-old cannot um, reasonably say that, understanding the scope of that. What she really is saying is, I resent my brother. I resent my brother because, this is what she would say if she could. I resent my brother because I feel like you love him more than me. And I feel that you resent that you don't understand me and know how to support me as your child. That's what she's really saying to you. So you're trying to correct her as though she's wrong, that she has the problem here. And again, the issue comes back to your parenting approach with her, that she's not getting her needs met, feeling as much love and support as she perceives her brother experiencing. So she's going to even be more difficult for you because that's what's being projected onto her. So I'll put this into a few steps. First step, that's not what she really means. She's trying to get through to you. I resent my brother because I feel like, Mom, you love him more than you love me. And second step, why does she feel that way? Why does she feel, what, what, how are you parenting her that she'd even have cause to feel like you love my brother more than me what evidence what are you what experience is she having with you that she thinks that's the case what needs to change so your daughter doesn't feel that way number three step three stop telling her what she thinks and feels even in a five-year-old you know, when parents step in and say, well, this is how you really feel, this is what you really think, we shut our children down. Inquire. I have many podcasts where I teach you this. I have a lot of blog videos. Um, I have a really good blog video. What does your child really mean when they yell, I hate you? This is similar. I apologize. I don't always have the names of the videos, but uh, I have a great assistant, my producer, uh, finds out what they are, gets the link, puts it in the copy below. In the re- when we post the when these come up as the recorded show, that there is a video I talked about when a child yells, "I hate you." What do they really mean? And then I teach you a series of questions to ask, rather than to believe what they're saying. It's red flags that they're under stress. Anytime a child says something so extreme as I hate you, I don't love you, I don't love my brother, that's really impossible because our nature is to love and to love our family. It means something else and it's your job to find out what they're really feeling through a series of questions. And I teach you those questions in the video on the Child Whisper blog so you can check that out to get that help. Let's go to our phone lines now. I have Danielle, a type 3 mom online. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Carol. I am thrilled to talk to you today. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, I'm so honored that you're calling in. Absolutely. Um, so real briefly, like you said, I'm I'm a very type 3 mom. I, uh, I've really enjoyed learning about this energy profiling and kind of understanding that about myself more, and it's helped world with my kids um so one of my main questions um is regarding my daughter she is my middle child she's two years old and um i'm pretty sure she's a type one um but she has a very a strong secondary two she can get 
very emotional very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so we've had a lot of issues with her just freaking out, um, you know, and I have, of course, at first attributed it to kind of the terrible twos. But I've heard you say before that, you know, there shouldn't really be any terrible twos if we're really honoring our children. So I'm wondering if you can help me see maybe how I can honor her better in her type one, because I do see that I struggle with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So What is a scenario? Or, Give me a scenario this happens in. Sure. Sure. Um, bedtime is the worst. Um, she wants me to help her find a new toy or she wants a new book, and I do that. And she gets in bed, and then she says, "Oh no, I want an I want another toy." And um, so it's just like it feels never ending to me. And so I try to make yeah. it fun. I try to like give her fresh new things because I'm fine with her having a book and a toy in bed. That's great. Um, but she just keeps getting out of bed again and again, and I just I can't handle it. <laughs> I just want to be done. No, that's reasonable. Yeah, she's so, old. She's old enough to. You've got to create a a boundary with it that re, that's reasonable to say. Um, you can you can pick one book and then you can choose another one. To what you get twice, two times. That's it. Okay. Yeah, and I try. So you're not I, complete. I you're not that. completely. You're allowing that kind of a little bit more random movement that you say that's it mm-hmm. twice. All right. Yeah. Good night. Okay. All right. Good night. Good. Keep a smile on your face. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I so appreciated get, that. Try um, not to. When keep, I have that lightness with her, it works. Yeah. Much no, but you can be light and keep a boundary. Yes. Okay. And I just I have one more question. And um, my son, my older son, he's five years old. Um. And Child Whisper has saved my life with him because he has forever been my huge challenge. But understanding that he's a 3-1 has just, like, solved so many of my problems. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so I am doing a lot better with him now. Um, but I do see that um, him looking for a reaction to his actions, especially with his sister and with his baby brother. He will do things like take the toy from his sister and run to the other room and stand in the middle of the room and hold the toy up high. And he just sits and waits for her to absolutely melt down. And he does. And he just sits there and kind of smiles about it. Um, yeah. And it's really bothering my husband when he does that. And I see it of, yeah. oh, yeah, he's just looking for that reaction because he knows he's going to get it. And my husband just goes to, you know, stop being a bully. That's so mean. And. Anyway, so how can I kind of, like, how can I handle that sort of thing? Well, I'd find a place in the middle of both of you. I don't think it should be allowed. But I also don't think it should be treated as bullying or misbehaving. He's only five. Right. So what is it that he's still getting out of this that he can get a more positive experience Um without it involving harassment, you know, that it feels like he's, you know, and in a level he is intentionally harassing his sister, but not because he's this mean kind of kid. It's no, his parent still has to step in and redirect that and educate and say, yeah. not a, that, that's not okay, this is okay. No, nope, yeah. you can't do that, but you can do this. Yeah. And he just, now, you know, I, you got to be repetitive on that, that it's like, no, you can't. Um, and 
how would you, you know, at some point it'll be old enough for you to say, and how would you feel if somebody did that to you? Right. It's not okay. Right. Or you do it to him, let him experience it and say, that's what you're doing. Stop. Hmm. My my little type three grandson um, was talking about punching his little brother in the face. He said, I'm going to punch my little brother in the face. I said, would you punch grandma in the face? And he laughed. He goes, no. I go, would you punch dad, your mommy in the face? No. Would you punch your daddy in the face? I said, well, it's no different. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Would you? Yeah, teaching that respect. Got it. Yeah, would you? I said, Joseph, we don't need to punch anybody in the face. No. <laughs> go punch a bag, you know. Right. It's okay to well, do this. I... It's not okay to do this. Yeah. Well, I have you um, on the line. There's So my little baby, he's nine months old. He is so, so tolerant of his older siblings, especially my oldest, who is very physical, obviously is a type three. Um, he will go up to him. The five-year-old will go up to the baby, and he will grab his arm and shake it or yank it, or he'll, like, tap his face. He's just very physical and very... Like, I can tell he yeah. just wants to interact. He loves his siblings, and it's his way of interacting. And I'm yeah, having a really hard time showing him a way that he can do that without being yeah. too rough. Well, again, it's educating him to what appropriate touch is for a baby. Don't assume a type 3 with a secondary 1 just is going to know this. He has to be taught. His natural movement is overbearing. It's intense. <laughs> Types three yes. one children have to grow into their energy. By eight, they're kind of grown into it. <laughs> yeah. Anything yeah. before that, it can get. It can just get really. There's a lot of it. And be back to if your husband. It's just that you're shaming your child when you call that something. It's really not because they're not motivated by being mean they're motivated by getting attention yes yeah and my husband is a type two he's a two four so he's very still he's very low and so yeah my son and him they don't see eye to eye very well i'm a type three i can kind of get where he's coming from but it's some struggle so yeah we try but but yeah thank you saying you're being mean da 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 doesn't correct the child's behavior Right. It just shames them to repress their nature. It doesn't correct it. It represses it. So rather than saying, Will, you're being so mean, we can just, yeah. just show He's him. Not. He's no, fine. can do this instead. Right. And he, again, he loves his siblings. Like, most of the time, he just wants to interact. See, what will happen if you keep telling your son he's mean? He will eventually become mean. Right. Because that's who he's being told he is. Right. I'm a mean person, so therefore, you know what I'm saying, you're going to create what you don't want by your reference. But that's where parents will use these, you know, you're mean, you're this. Hopefully they think a five-year-old will somehow go, oh, I don't want to be mean. They're not old enough to figure that one out. No. They, They aren't. Maybe when he's 15, you can say, that was really mean, and he'll go, oh, I understand. Yeah. I don't want to be mean. But five-year-olds are not, they, they're they shamed. You don't correct this behavior by shaming a child. 
you just start to teach them you can't be you or they get angry and they do it bigger. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for your time and thank yeah, you so much. I've yeah. been doing Dress Your Truth for the last month and a half and that's been like oh, for me. And so thank you. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate that. Yeah, I've got another email question. Um, you can email parenting at liveyourtruth.com if you're listening to the recording and it's not in your schedule to be able to call me live. I have a question from my mom. Carol, I'm a type 1. Two of my sons are type 3 and a type 1. They clash more than my other children, and I wonder what advice you have for helping them learn how to get along. It seems that once they get into a conflict, it's nearly impossible to help them disengage or not hold grudges. They don't have their ages. It does help if you'll submit ages along with their types because that helps me understand the kind of interactions they're having. So I'm going to have a very general answer here. You've got a 3-4 who's a very strong energy, a type 3-4 who's got a push forward. Um, I'm very much the one that controls. He's going to be the one that takes charge and runs the show. Your type 1 who's adaptable, he's a type 1 with a secondary 2, is going to be more of a compliant child. And I don't know how close in age they are, but what's happening is consider the possibility that the type 3 son is over um, ruling and dominating the type 1 child son and the type 1 child then resents that and has to order to kind of hold their own um, counter with more of a counter move to push back or become more intense to match his brother's more intense dominant do, tense energy that can be domineering. So you've got one child domineering, the other being more submissive, and they have to learn to play in more of an equal stance so that the one brother is more honoring of the other brother to be able to be, um, have a say, be able to be present and not kind of been controlled or directed or um, micromanaged by his brother. So, and the brother that's the type one, two needs to be supported in having a voice, um, being positive, and not having to get his way through being antagonistic. He's trying to get his way through more negative ways as a counter move. How can he get his way, be honored in this relationship by being true to himself in a positive way. So take a look at those kind of mechanics of their energy and how that's playing out. Be observing, watch what the pattern is, and then help each of these boys learn how to manage manage themselves. Because what will happen is they grow up to be adults and the type 3, 4 thinks in group situations I got to take over and the type one, two will learn I've got to be submissive and let others run the show. So we're teaching our children how to be present, how to be true to themselves, how to respect themselves, how to respect others so that there's cooperation within the group experience. And then as they move into adult life, they have those skill sets to be able to manage themselves and support others in group scenarios. 
Um, thank you for submitting that question. I appreciate that. Again, our theme today is how to help siblings get along without exhausting yourself. And a lot of, you know, in exhausting yourself, it does take repetition initially to shift things. But once you make that change and, the, and things shift to a more positive outcome, um, you get the benefit of what you've had to be repetitive about to create the change you're seeking. Um, another email question came in. I'm a type 1 mom. When my children have conflicts, how can I be, how can I be true to each of their natures when they have different energy types? For example, my oldest is a very strong type 3. My second child is a playful type 1 who has a tendency to rile up his brothers. And my third son is a type four who likes order and gets thrown off balance by his brothers. I can handle being true to them as individuals, but when fights arise, I struggle with being true to them collectively. What do you recommend? Again, we don't, I don't have ages here. And the littler they are, the more you have to intervene. But as children grow and come into their grade school years, you do. I do think you need to influence them individually on how to work things out instead of stepping in and being the referee so that they are given skill sets to resolve things with each other and not mom coming in and that's going to exhaust you. So as they get into grade school and on, what are you teaching your children about communication skills, um, honoring each other, not doing what I call saying spiteful things, teasing, you know, we didn't allow that in our household when our children are growing up. We didn't let them say mean things, teasing things, spiteful or um, just things that were in a way what I call hostile humor that you're saying something negative but in a funny, sarcastic way that's a put down. That wasn't allowed. And so when that and we did encourage our children to go and work things out but did, and teach them how to listen to each other, how to understand each other. We didn't even have energy profiling when my kids were in grade school. And yet now we do, and they have those skill sets to be able to resolve issues if they come up between them. So you are setting, um, you're setting a pattern in place that and maybe they're tired, maybe they're hungry, could there be something else going on? Maybe they're overstimulated from too much TV. Maybe they were playing video games that were uh, violent. Maybe, you know, what else stimulated their energy that now looks like them arguing? There's a lot of other things that influence children having struggle. It's not always just their types not getting along. Do they need a glass of water? Do they just need some space? They got to get out of each other's energy fields. Personally, what I do, if everybody, you know, I would separate my kids and tell them, you go to your space, you go here. When our energies are triggered and our subtle energy, our auric fields are now clashing, you need about 17 feet of separation and you need about five to ten minutes of your energy getting reordered so that you're in your own space, not being affected by the other person. Then you can come back together and come to some resolution. 
and work things out. Now, you might want to play the mediator at first to help your children learn, but you shouldn't have to solve their issues. Teach them how to solve their own issues between each other. You're giving so many more valuable tools doing it this way than for you to fix it. What can you do to support your children when there is conflict? That will be less exhausting to you. See, because if you think you have to fix it, your energy is going to get zapped by that. So rule number one, have them separate first to get the energy settled down. And then have them do, give them each a spinal flush. That's where I've taught this in many places. You just go from the bottom, you know, top of their neck all the way down the spinal column off their tailbone three, four, five times each. The three thumps where they're tapping on their collarbone points under their arms and their armpit. Three thumps. Let me think about this. Why did I just... Oh, okay. I missed the middle one. Collarbone with both fingertips, so you're doing both sides. One hand doing solar plexus, point between the middle of your breast dropped about two inches, and then under the armpits about three, four inches down. That gets all the meridians running correctly. Because when they're arguing and there's rivalries and strife, when there's these conflicts, their fight and flight energies kicked up. And you want to calm that down by cleaning out the energy meridians and that'll help everybody and then the figure eights imagine doing figure eights between those that need to want it you want you know your your kids that you're wanting to have a more cooperative experience and remember it's not always about the issue it's it could be physical first are they being fed you do you see a pattern when they eat certain things are they being fed healthy foods you have a really good, you know, I've been promoting 100 Days of Real Food. She's a blogger. Go to 100 Days of Real Food. She's a great place to start if you have been, uh, if you've not gotten that piece in place of a healthy diet for your kids. Um, it's really important. Rest, that they're rested. Those are key things for any type of child. Make sure those things are in order. So another, um, let's see, I've got one more question here. I have six children. My three girls are type two. Then I have three boys. Two of them are type three and one type four. My question is, how can I help my children honor each other's types? Appreciate that question. You know, the child whisper is written in a manner that children can understand it. I would make it a read-aloud book within the family group. I'd, I'd, I would read it to each of my children so they knew their nature, and I'd let them have, you know, this really, what are you learning about yourself? What do you identify with? Is there anything that you're we're learning that you don't agree with? Don't just tell them this is who you are. Just say, here, I've. This is information that will help help you understand yourself better. Then educate them. And the book's a great resource, the Child Whisper book. Have them read it as a family. What are you learning about each other? How do we honor each other? You know, every week if you can identify each of your kids, say, you know, 
Let's just all use my kids' names. Jenny, I really appreciate and have it in a family meeting. Jenny, I really appreciate how you honored your type two brother, Chris, this week by Mark, I really want to acknowledge you for how you honored your one sister this week and the way you managed that situation. Thank you so much. Validate them, point it out, acknowledge them. Now, when it comes to dishonoring each other, that should be done in private, not in a family setting. So make the family setting where everybody's getting rave reviews. You're doing a great job. I love how you're all getting along. You do such a great job honoring each other. Then each ask the children, both of them, the child that you're recognizing, say, how did, how, you know, how do you feel about that? How did that make you feel? Ask the child that was treated well. How did that make you feel when your brother, you know, showed forth that behavior? You know, what what was that like for you? So you give attention to what's working. Now when what's not working, do that in private. But for don't just tell your you're not honoring your sister. Say, you know, I've noticed there's been some issues here. Can you share with me why you're treating your sister this way? First find out what's going on with your child. As parents, we do a lot of do this, do that, uh, a lot of correcting, a lot of um, telling children, whatever, instead of inquiring, inviting, asking, what's going on with you? What do you need to know? The younger you can start that practice of asking your children to share their experience with you you build so when you listen when a child feels heard when an, when a human being feels heard trust is built trust is built and don't take what they share with you and then use it against them or use it or share it with anyone else build trust by listening and by confidentiality My one last question today, Carol, can you explain more about the type 4 difference between the yin expression and the yang expression? I'm a type 1 mom, and I thought my daughter was a type 1 or a type 3 dominant expression because she was so much higher energy than my type 4 son. But she declared a few weeks ago that she is a type 4. If she has a more yang expression and a type 1 and a type 1 or type 3 secondary, then it will make more it will make sense why she is faster and more expressive than her type of four secondary two brother. Is this correct? Also, is it possible for there to be more yin or yang expressed in the type one movement? You know, um I have a I did address this on the Carol blog where I talked about the yin and yang of the I have it in my book, It's Just My Nature, the yin and yang of the energy types. And then yin is a inward-moving, more still energy, more exact. And yang is a more outward energy. And so depending on a type 4 secondary energy, they swing to either a more yin or a more yang expression. Where a 4-3 or a 4-1 will have ability to have, at times, a more outward movement, an outward move-forward movement than a 4-2. I think you've answered your own question. I think you're 
getting this insight that's perfect for your daughter. You can look to the Carol blog for more information about the yin and the yang of the type four. And when it comes to is there a more yin or yang expression of the type one movement, I think that's more predictable by situation and who you're with. That uh, type ones are not always outwardly expressive. There's a lot of times they have a preference to be more quiet, be more still. I wouldn't say there's anything predictable about it because it's specific to the person and it's a more random, spontaneous energy and it would be a more random experience then that any type one could experience that variety of self because that is their nature to experience a lot of variety. So I appreciate everyone listening today. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. Those are my questions. I invite more live callers next week. And just want to invite everybody. I know my first, my caller today expressed that she's been dressing her truth for uh, a period of time now. And if you're new to the Child Whisperer and you've only been introduced to the four energy types through the Child Whisperer, know that you also, as an adult, express a unique energy type. And my body of work that I've been working on for over a decade now to really support women in knowing their types and helping themselves as a mom and a woman at large, um, because we're first a woman, and we are ourselves first, and then we play the role of mom, is through my beauty profiling online free video course. And I give that away to women, and I'd love to share it with you, for you to learn your type and to begin the journey to learn to dress your truth. The Beauty Profile Online course is a free gift, and it is where it starts the dressing your truth process. And then if you choose to, you can invest in the much fuller, broader um, personal style program I call Dressing Your Truth. It's all start online. And so just go to dressingyourtruth.com forward slash free course to sign up. You can also see the link um, in the copy in below once we've posted the recording. And give yourself the gift of knowing your type and freeing yourself of all the fashion, the shame of the fashion industry, I call it. The shame that we took on very early in life that still is presenting itself to you when you go shopping, you're in the dressing room, you're looking in the mirror and you say something that's negative or some judgmental opinion of yourself, which is not healthy for you, nor is it necessary, and I want to help you be free of that like I have. We've got over 30,000 women in 90 countries dressing their truth, and I'd love to support you in that experience. And when you can clear yourself up of that um, negativity, you have so much more energy for yourself, for your family, and for creating a beautiful life. So check out that free course. And highlight on the Child Whisper blog, check out the post from last week to parents of the shy girl. Children shy, but I use that specifically. And I want to introduce you to Kathy West, who is a contributing writer for the Child Whisper. She's been with me for several years. She's the editor of the Child Whisper book. She knows this world very well, and I've invited her to um, 
contribute monthly as a guest writer on the Child Whisper blog. She is a type 2, so she was the perfect one to write this article to the parents of the shy girl. Please read that. We do not want to label our children shy, and it gives you lots and lots of insight to consider. And on the Carol blog this week, you can enjoy um, the two posts that we're featuring, Wonder Why We All Do Female Friendships Differently with my Four Types Beauty panel, and 20 Lifestyle Secrets That Keep You From Aging Prematurely. Enjoy those two posts on the Carol blog. I'm here to support you in living your truth and to support you to be the best mother you can be because you know the truth of who you are and you're choosing to honor your children and living their truth as well. So thanks for joining in today. Please like the Child Whisper podcast on Facebook so we can get more parents applying these methodologies and honoring their children from whatever phase they're in in their uh, parenting and family experience. Thanks for joining me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Child Whisper. Check me out there and also like the podcast and like the Child Whisper Facebook page and let's share the good news of how wonderful parenting can be when you understand your child's true nature. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.